seems to Five, be working. Five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. I was wondering why it felt so cold this morning on the motorcycle. It was 13 degrees, my word. Don't even want to think about the about the uh, wind chill at 45 or 50 miles an hour. Uh, but here I am, bright and early. I know winter's here because I touched something on my desk and set off my sound effects machine. This is kind of old school. Executive sound effects machine. Stress terminator. So now you had your stress terminated. And I didn't even know where it was. It was under some papers way back in the corner there. Um, but static electricity will sometimes set it off. And that reminds me that I have it. So let's dig into the crazy. And I like this commercial. But you probably, if you're not in England, can't buy from Waitrose. But that's the name of the, I think it's a grocery store chain. Oh, it's lovely. But it's not the best part of Christmas. This is. This is pure joy. But this is infused with subtle. Christmas films are wonderful. Turkey. Everyone loves a Christmas party. The passing Heston's mince pies off as your own. Thrilling. Just whip these up. <laughs> Myself. Candied figs in your Christmas pudding. Sprouts that are mostly pancetta. And stuffing. stuffing. Yes. yes yeah, it was I me. I ate the stuffing. Or stuffing. All of it. I can skip that. Because the best bit of Christmas is the food. I'm not sure what Waitrose Partnerships is, to be honest, and that didn't help me a bit. Uh, so one thing you might want to do is put your logo bigger at the end with what exactly that might be, but something to do with food, and uh, I have to agree with the sentiment, even if I'm not uh, quite so high on those particular dishes. So let's get over to the PDFs of the world, and first, oh yes, Facebook defeats investor lawsuit. Oops, what happened here? Bonk, there we go. And uh, this has been going on for years and years and years, and I've basically said it doesn't amount to a hill of beans because, first of all, you know, if we zoom down, the judge said that the investor complaint, even if true, wouldn't support a finding that, that Facebook engaged in securities fraud. The investors were claiming that Facebook protected data, but... Uh, Facebook didn't really protect data because, look, at some 80, 80 million uh, people's files got heisted. Uh, and they keep saying that these this data was was stolen or taken or or, uh, you know, uncovered or something. But, you know, here's where it came from. Alexandra Alexander Kogan. He had a personality quiz app called This Is Your Digital Life. Okay, I don't know if you remember, but, you know, if I used to get these invitations. I have hundreds of friends on Facebook, of course, from Farmville and other things. Play Farmville with your friends. Okay, and so at first you say, okay, well, what is it? Let's see. So you say, okay. And up comes this huge warning across your screen. The whole screen is full of the warning. If you say okay to this next question, we will have access to all your friends, all their friends, the friends of friends, and everything we've ever known about them, including 
your whole entire family tree and DNA, something like that. And, you know, I, I, I kind of glanced at it and thought, I, I don't think I want to do that. So I never did. You know, and I get these messages. Why won't you play Farmville with me? And millions and millions of people were playing these stupid Facebook apps and giving the app permission to take everything that the app wanted to take. You know, you can say, well, that's Facebook's fault for letting the app do that. Well, yeah, but it was all consensual, let's say. <laughs> consensual is a great word for this. So get over it. Anyway, okay, so here, Rob Williams. I don't know if he's taken over for Joe Mandesi in the questionable graphs area. But I thought this was interesting that more consumers binge and bail on streaming apps. I'm not on a streaming app at all. I don't really want to be, and I don't want to binge old uh, TV series. But um, the the point of this is that more consumers are binging and bailing this year than last year. Of course, the first one says, often cancel when the season ends and sign back up when the new season begins. It's actually gone down, no change. I even put that on there. Get rid of that one. That is just distraction unless you want to prove that not much really has changed. This other one is curious because I read this about six times. Percent of U.S. adults, that's where I put it, who stream TV. Okay, so 9% of adults streamed TV back a year ago and now 11%. Oh, no. Of that, they often binge shows, cancel, and then sign up for another service. Okay, but I don't even know what this percent of U.S. adults who stream TV. So basically, 9% versus now 11%. Okay, if you're going to do a graph like that, I mean, this is like peanuts, not much change. Go down here and do it like this. <laughs> take your X, take your Y axis and trim it. Don't go to zero. Now you've got beautiful change. Look at that. This is a crisis. Binging is is. Binging and bailing is up. At least you're showing something that looks right. If you're going to do graphs, let's do them with maximal, <laughs> maximal propaganda effect. Okay, same numbers. I just plugged them in. I don't know if that's all percentage of all adults who stream uh, or percentage of households that have streaming TV or percentage of streaming TV subscribers who binge and bail. But then they wouldn't be subscribers anymore. Anyway, not a good graph. Okay, Ritz, this, is a, this isn't so much of a great article as it's the high points of a great uh, webinar that Mark Ritson did. And I watched an hour and 15 minutes of it. He was taking the questions and that kind of lost me. But, but let's go through it and I'll give you an idea of what he thinks are the big events. Peloton, basically what he says about Peloton, this, this latest stuff, with Sex in the City is don't get so worked up about your own brand. Now, never mind, the stock did go down 11%, which is quite a bump down, but it went back again. Uh, don't necessarily think that your brand is that important and don't think that your brand is hurt just because somebody drops dead on your equipment and in, 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 in fictional TV. Okay, so, and then he said, you know, it basically it's, your, your news is news and that's great salience and then peloton did a funny ad they did a serious ad about 
about working out is a good thing, no matter what Sex in the City says. Then they did a funny ad with Ryan Reynolds, who really, he really likes, Mark really likes Ryan Reynolds. And then um, he said, basically, nothing, nothing much bad can happen, except that the stock market doesn't always go the direction you think it might, you know. On good news, sometimes it goes down because people were expecting the good news and maybe it wasn't as good as expected. It's it's a really crazy rat race out there on the stock market. So anyway, Adidas sells Reebok. Good in in the graph, he's got, he shows somebody juggling, <coughs> and he says, when you add another ball, you know I can juggle three balls pretty well. I can juggle two balls forever. That's just up, move it over, up, move it over. That's really not one. Anybody can do one. Well, not anybody, but most people should be able to do one. So when you go to the third ball, it gets hard because you got to keep a, you got to keep one in the air all the time while you're moving the other two around. Uh, um, all kinds of things. Juggling is a whole topic of my head. But when you add that fourth ball, if you can't handle four balls, you don't just drop one ball. You drop them all pretty much. You might keep two in your hand, but you'll pretty much drop most everything. And that's his argument for. Uh, it was really interesting, too. He pronounces it Adidas, which I've never heard before, Adidas. Uh, you know, but it it's entirely likely the rest of the world pronounces it Adidas, and I've always said it Adidas. I, I don't know what's right, but it sounds cool, Adidas, like Abu Dhabi. Anyway, so um, he says it was smart of, of Adidas to sell Reebok. Because, you know, they just didn't do that great a job with it and they'll be more profitable if they quit worrying about it. And there's probably a lesson for life there. That's kind of what I was thinking when I was reading it, that maybe instead of trying to launch three businesses at a time all the time, all my life, maybe I would have been better off sticking with one. But what fun is that? And maybe that's what Adidas thought when they bought Reebok. Tiffany, uh, you know, he had pictures of the campaign where they first they put up these raunchy ads in raunchy neighborhoods in L.A. and it made world news, of course, on Twitter or on Instagram. Uh, then they then they changed their their teal color to this kind of like highlighter yellow. <laughs> and he said, you know, they got to have a little fun with it. And he thinks long term it's going to be a great move. Uh, Jeff Bezos said a lot of great things about Jeff Bezos on his video. He said that that famously one time they were talking, they were all speculating about what they should do next and some project. And Jeff walks out of the room and comes back with an empty chair and says, there's somebody missing in the room. And that's the customer. What's the voice of the customer? And Mark rightly pointed out that once you sign up with a company, once you take a paycheck, you're no longer objectively looking at the company from the per, from the perspective of the customer. And that's just sort of epistemologically, that's just the way it is. You, you can't have both views in your head at once. You can, to some extent, maybe if you have philosophical training, think in, think in the mind of the opponent. But, uh, but basically, as long as you recognize that, as long as you're always keenly aware that you don't really know what people think of what you're doing. That's just not a thing. And they're not going to tell you either. That's another thing. 
you know, and if you ask them, they'll say nice things mostly to your face. But, uh, you know, you just don't know. And and uh, and Jeff Bezos was always good about that. And Mark specifically went back to a 1999 video where where the reporter was asking, well, you know, isn't it great that you're an e-commerce company and isn't it great that you're digital and isn't it great that you're on the Internet and the Internet and the Internet? And Jeff finally got mad and said, basically, if if, if we could use choo-choo trains to make the customer happy, we would. It has nothing to do with the Internet. And uh, Mark said it revealed the steel underneath the velvet glove, <laughs> which I think is great. Okay. Brand marketers are terrible at briefs. He encouraged you to sign up for a brief writing school that's coming to New York City in the spring, I think in March. Uh, and, um, you know, I've never, as far as I know, I've never written a brief. I did work at an ad agency, but I know that what the what the president of the company, of the client company said, and what the ad manager said were two worlds apart. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure, deep down, I'm not sure ad agencies want good briefs. That would be my suspicion, Mark. Because in a sense, it gives them more. It gives them more creative freedom. They can come up with something, and if the client doesn't like it, they can say, "Well, look at that crappy brief you wrote." You know, sometimes that's the way it seemed at the ad agency, and this was a four A's ad agency, so it was, you know, it was not just nothing, uh, not just a couple of guys in a garage. Okay, Pfizer. Oh, this was a really interesting take. Pfizer, of course. If you compare Moderna, AstraZeneca, and Pfizer uh, in the last two years, Pfizer, of course, is the home run. He says, so what's the name of the new vaccine that, that Pfizer's developed uh, or the latest booster? It's called Cominarty. And this is really a funny take. Mark has always got funny takes. You can't even say it. You can't even read it out loud looking at it. Cominarty. It sounds so stupid. Anyway, whatever, you know, uh, one of the other ones call, called it, you know, Zap, Zapvax or something like that. You know, it was a really nice, punchy name. And what Mark thinks is, is that when Pfizer came up with Viagra, you know, Viagra has this idea of vitality and vigor and all that sort of thing. And uh, when they came up with that, it displaced the Pfizer name. That people remember Viagra and they don't remember uh, they don't remember Pfizer, right? So they came up with the dumbest name they could come up with, and now nobody will remember Cominarty, <laughs> but they will remember Pfizer forever, probably. Uh, which is kind of funny because Pfizer was the company that took penicillin and made it marketable. At the beginning of World War II, there were only about 30 doses in the entire United States of penicillin. And, uh, you know, it had been around for 10 or 15 years. People knew it was effective. They just couldn't get it because nobody could figure out how to multiply it. You know, there's only so many pieces, slices of moldy bread laying around that are forming penicillin. And Pfizer multiplied it. And by the end of World War II, you know, Pfizer probably saved more people than, you know, than, than all the fighting combined. Anyway, but people don't know that. People don't know what, and you know, Pfizer started with deworming, uh, a germ, building, a, making a German drug uh, in the United States for, uh, for parasite worms. <laughs> Who knew? Anyway, Procter and Gamble doubles down on the marketing, and uh, and 
Mark compared that to Coca-Cola, where Coca-Cola cut back. They said, well, the stores aren't open anyway. Why, why advertise? I think Coke's done some really, really, really dumb things in the past few years. And uh, as I told my son, Coca-Cola is not welcome in this house. You can buy it if you want. Just don't bring it over. Uh, so anyway, Procter & Gamble, on the other hand, said, we're not pulling back. We're pushing forward. And they uh, recorded revenue growth of 4% in 2020. So way to go. Burger King. This is interesting because Burger King, according to the drum, was the number one award-winning uh, food advertiser in 2020 or 2021. Was the most awarded client globally in 2021. Because they come up with a lot of quirky stuff. But, you know, if you study the history of advertising, like I'll never remember plop, plop, fizz, fizz, oh, what a relief it is for Alka-Seltzer. Or where's the beef, which I think was Wendy's. Um, this little old lady said, where's the beef? And, you know, she was complaining that there wasn't any meat in the hamburger bun. And uh, in both cases, sales went down for those products. Uh, so just having a memorable ad does not necessarily mean they remember your name. Like, for example, what was the name of the of the store up on the on the ad I just showed you. I don't even know. I'd have to look it up, but I don't care to because they didn't mention the name. So uh, Burger King has, you know, what what sticks in my mind about Burger King is that as that is that video of the of the burger getting moldier and moldier and moldier. It makes me sick every time I think about it. Every time I think about going to Burger King, I think about Ugh, they have moldy burgers. That's exactly what I think. And I, I wish I didn't because I kind of like Burger King. Uh, they they were the first to have the uh, the Impossible Burger, which they didn't cook well. Um, but you can say at least I'm not having meat if you're if you're vegan or something. You can go get a burger. Uh, but really uncoordinated. This was an interesting one. He, he cited Peter Field's work, which compared purpose campaigns and non-purpose campaigns. And I promised that I would talk about this today. Uh, and what Peter Field basically said was that non-purpose campaigns, out, on average, outperform per purpose being like we save the whales or our, our or we're, we we ban plastic straws in our in our car dealership or something, you know, whatever it is, uh, <laughs> trying to make up something preposterous, and that was pretty good. Uh, but generally, you're wasting time talking about your purpose. People aren't going to believe it in the for the most part anyway. And what have you done for me lately? Okay, WWIFM, what's in it for me, is a pretty solid formula as a starting point for advertising, as opposed to, you know, the forests of Iceland or somewhere. Um, so, so in general, and then he was criticized because they said, well, what about good purpose campaigns? Well, good purpose campaigns outperform average non-purpose campaigns. But then he said, but if you look at the best purpose campaigns and the best non-purpose campaigns, the non-purpose wins again. So in general, in general, tell me about your product. Tell me what's in it for me. That does the best. It's, it's a rule. Okay, Facebook rebrands Meta. And he said that, you know, while that was that is something Facebook should do because Facebook is kind of maligned, um, and in my world, it's deteriorating into little groups and little clubs that are very informative and good. But they're not, you know, it's just not what it was uh, where everybody puts up their vacation pictures. So he said they should ditch, uh, they should, they should, they should ditch. Uh, <laughs> it's already ditched in my mind. 
They should ditch whoever's the spokesperson and runs Facebook. Get somebody vital and vibrant out there. And uh, he said he told a story about about um, about. Let's see, Sony Ericsson is that what it was? Ericsson was part of it. Anyway, I think it was Sony, and they did a uh, they did a, a forward looking video about a lady on a on a yacht. You know, doing a business meeting on a on a phone with pictures, and then talking to her kids with them on the pictures, and then telling her husband what time she'd be home, and you know, like running the world from her phone. And uh, he said they got it 100% right, but their it wasn't their phone that did it, right? And that's the tricky part, because he said there will be a metaverse of some sort, but there well probably won't be Facebook doing it. Anyway. Very, very interesting. I'll put the link to the show, to his actual show, in the show notes over on WDMA.org. If you're a subscriber, which is free, you can get all the show notes and the articles. Uh, but if you go over there, you'll get it. And it's definitely worth an hour because it's very, it's, it's, it's Mark Ritson on, uh, distilled on, on all these different case studies. It's really, really worthwhile. Worth an hour as, as you're doing nothing else, waiting for the dinner to be put on the table. <laughs> Have a great day. Merry Christmas. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.